Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Psalm 46. Psalm the 46th chapter. We're going to pick up in verse 10. Be still. Be still. Have I said together? Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in all the earth. And lastly, verse 11 says, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. The title of the message this morning is called In the Stillness. In the Stillness. Pray with me and for me. Heavenly Father, this is your word. It is not mine. So, Father God, I strip myself of myself, crucified the flesh. God, that you would inhabit, Lord, myself by your spirit to speak only that which you would have me speak. And under the unction and anointing to speak those words, anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to the church, that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers also. In Jesus' mighty name and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. The two main points, church, I want to talk about out of this opener, this highlight, this is the meat and potatoes or the bread and butter of the word of the Lord this morning. Be still and know that I'm God, for I will be exalted among the heathen, and I will be exalted in all the earth. So the two main points I want to draw from this, brothers and sisters, is number one, the stillness. And number two, the exaltation, listen, the exaltation of God as a result of our stillness. The Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 14, turn in your Bibles with me, Exodus the 14th chapter, we're going to pick up in verse 8. I believe that God, because of the need for faith in His people, will purposely oftentimes throw a majority of your life circumstances in a position that causes you to be able to say, it's out of my hands. All I could do is trust you. I know many of y'all in this room have been in that boat. That's a good thing. Because we can get out the kitchen, as mom would tell us. We're in the way. Right? Come on, moms in this room, women. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Get out. You're in my way. Amen, wife. Hallelujah. Lord knows I, I got to get out the way. Everybody have a say, amen. Exodus 14. Let's read this together. It says, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with an high hand. But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots and Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, and camping them by the sea beside that word, before Baal-Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and beheld the Egyptians marched after them, and they were sore afraid, sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. So if everybody, theologians in this house, y'all know exactly where we are in Scripture. Ten plagues are done. 
Pharaoh finally caves. He lets the Israelites go. He tells Moses, get out of here. Get out of Dodge. I'm done. Leave now. In fact, take some money with you. So all of the Israelites in that moment had to grab and go. Go now. Before I change my mind. Which we know he did eventually. So as they walked out of Egypt on foot, they were led to the bank of the Red Sea. Pharaoh changed his mind. And what's, all, what's interesting is notice it says the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Thanks, God. Because I want you all to know God's hand will purposely turn up the heat in our lives. Amen. That goes against modern American biblical theology. God has to purposely put us in these hard situations because there's opportunities for God to move. So that way you can go back and say, well, I know my Redeemer lives because when I was A, God gave me B. But you wouldn't have that testimony, church, if God didn't turn up the heat. God pharaohed the heart. God hardened the heart of Pharaoh church. Sometimes we, and I'm telling you, look, I'm preaching to you as a person who has to be reminded myself, when there's a trial, you might want to first stop and say, okay, God, this might be the devil, but it might be you. If it is you, God, I will trust you through it all. God has to put us in positions so he can work the miracles so we can learn to trust him. If he did it then, he'll do it again. In other words, church, God has to do things in our lives that is contrary to our desire, naturally speaking, so that we learn to trust him in the future. Without trial, we won't need faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Let me tell you where we're we at. Verse 11. They cried unto the Lord. That's a good thing. They were, as we would say, backed into a corner. Hear me, church. The people of God were backed into a corner. All they had was their prayer closet. And that's a good thing. Because it says, and they said unto Moses, because there was no graves in Egypt, thou hast taken away to die in the wilderness. Wherefore thou hast dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt. Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? Oh my gosh, church, did y'all just read that or did I just read that? Did you just catch what they said? Now, this is a lot of KJV going on, okay? We a KJV church, but let's put it in layman's terms. I would rather be in bondage than deal with this. I would rather serve the devil in Egypt. I would rather be back on the streets than have to deal with, now I'm going to die. Thanks. Whew. I don't know about y'all, church, but that's some strong words. I don't, some of y'all might be like, yeah, I have to admit, there was a time I did say that or it meant that. I don't know. But that is, uh, it's not my notes, church, but glory be to God. Whew. Verse 12, it is not the word that we tell. Okay, we said that. Egypt that should die in the wilderness. Look, verse 13, here we go. Watch this, watch this. Remember the, in Psalm 46, 10, we just read. But watch this. Moses said unto the people, fear not, number one. And what, number two? 
Try that again. One, two, three. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more. Forever the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In other words, shut up. Don't do anything and just watch what I'm about to do. You ungrateful, stiff-necked Israelites. Come on, church. That's how much he loves you. Even when you complain so bad, God's like, hold up. You better, you better shut your mouth and watch what I'm about to do. Hold your peace. That's what it means. Shut up. Come on now. Some of us know what, God, what it's like when God tells us to shut up. Well, praise God. Sister Allison, this message is definitely for you, girl. Amen. Energize the bunny and everything. Hallelujah. But church, God is literally telling them to be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the heathen. In other words, there is no exaltation unless we sit down and shut up. Because if we can do it, then we get the glory. The Bible tells us that no flesh shall glory in His presence. The best thing we can do as Christians is do this. God, it's in your hands. Now watch. You see, our stillness freezes our abilities in place. Allowing God to move unhindered. Allowing God to move unhindered. Without any natural influence to a situation, proven that the divine miraculous power of Almighty God, it came from Him. The Israelites were powerless in the situation. We ourselves have to, in so many cases of our lives, allow ourselves to remain powerless so that God can be powerful. Full, keyword full, circle that. God is powerful when we are powerless. Mm. I said, God is powerful when we are powerless. Because oh. there is nothing that I can do with my flesh that will resolve any situation. When I pray resolution, how do we get there? Our ways or God's ways? If it is my way and there is resolution, watch this, hear what I say. Is that it might come to resolution, but it ain't as graceful as it could have been. Imagine a high diver flipping and landing a belly flop. They made the water, but boy, that was not graceful. But when I sit down and stop moving and say, God, only you can, I will get out of the way. When God puts his hand on the situation, the high diver flips and spins and twirls and goes straight down and barely puts up a splash. Straight on down. God's grace is sufficient. For his strength is made perfect in our Come on now. His strength is made perfect in what? Our weakness. Our weakness. Wow, what a word, huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Stillness to me. Now, now hear me. I want, I, want, I want to talk about this. We're talking about the stillness. Be still and know that I'm God. Watch this. We talk about stillness in the context of believing God so strongly that you choose not to get in the way. Or put our hands on, on, the, on the stove. Or, or walk in that kitchen. Quote, unquote. But it's much more than that type of stillness. Watch what else stillness is. 
It's the posture of worship and devotion. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm starting to get a little stir. And even here and now, hear me, church. You know, there's a song. I don't even can tell the quotes in the scripture, but Jacob would definitely know this. When you don't know what to say, just say Jesus. There is power in the name, the name of Jesus. Anybody heard that song? If you listen to Caleb, you ran into it at some point. But there are times, Miranda and I have morning devotions together, and we just lay, I lay back in the recliner, Miranda's on the couch, and we pray together. But there are so many times, and I know y'all been there, that you just don't know what to say. And I think that's actually a very good thing, because I would rather soak in the presence of God, meditating on Him day and night, than constantly going to Him with my checkboxes. Pray so-and-so, pray so-and-so, pray so-and-so. Now hear me, bring in balance. Church, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We have needs, we have lists. I'm forgetful, I have a prayer list in my, in my notes app, a lot of them. I even have a separate app, it's, a, uh, it's called Echo. It's a prayer app and it allows me to put in prayer requests in a very cool format where I could swipe on my screen and read through each one. It's not a bad thing. But I think our natural, the nature of our, our mindset with God to pray is to speak to Him. And we do know to a degree there is listening. But listening with soaking, with being still in your recliner, on your back porch, wherever you are, being still before God. The sun's just rising, the weather's cool, your cup of coffee, closing your eyes, breathing in that fresh air, and just remaining in His presence, intentionally saying, God, I ain't got all the words. You don't need the words. What you need is my heart. I'm telling you, church, when it, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Those times, it's about stirring your faith. It's about crucifying the flesh. Those moments with God to me are so much more beautiful than all of the fancy, well, in the name of Jesus, I call out to you. Not wrong, but there's also the meditation of his word day and night. Don't let modern new ageism, Hinduism, and all of the yoga stuff destroy the concept of meditating on God. It's not unbiblical. It says meditate on him. Hallelujah. Amen. So just to call it, you feel restored, rejuvenated, empowered in the stillness because we know that of ourselves there is no good thing to offer God, but simply your devotion to Him. And my favorite word, church, and I'll say this, this is my favorite way to say it. I love to soak in the presence of God. Y'all ever been in a hot tub? That's my favorite stillness. When I just, especially with a worship song on, just soft worship Lay back, close your eyes, and breathe in God's presence. That's the best time. Because God is knowing. He's, it's not about what I can tell Him. He knows my heart. But just to be there and download His Spirit. To use a computer analogy. Amen? Amen. Some of us, our connection ain't so hot. Keep working on it. Keep working on it. Hallelujah. Look at Joshua chapter 5. 
all the way to the left side of your book, the Bible, the jo uh, Joshua, the fifth chapter, and I want to pick up in verse 1. Now, hear me, as you're turning to Joshua 5, I want y'all to notice that we just read, firstly, Psalm 46. The psalmist says, be still one and know that I am God. And I will be what? And I will be exalted among the heathen. Didn't say church or Israel, which he does. I will be exalted among the heathen, the unsaved, the people that are not born again, the people that we are praying for. Watch this. The same people that in your own life, especially family, we want them to be born again. That's them. What a better way to draw them to salvation is by allowing God to be exalted in your life because we stood still. Put the dots together. Y'all ready? Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. Everybody have it. Shout amen. And it came to pass... When all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and watch, all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, what? Heard, y'all see that? Heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Did y'all catch that? Not some, not most, but every king in that land had heard about God, their God drying up the Jordan rivers, which we know that happened in the Red Sea as well. Turn left, the second chapter, same book, pick up verse 8. Now watch this. Almost the same, almost the same thing we just read. Second chapter, same book, verse 8. Everybody have a say amen? And before... They were laid down. She came up unto them upon the roof. This is Rahab. Well, they call her Rahab the harlot, but praise God, she converted. Amen. No longer a harlot. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Listed in the genealogy of Matthew chapter 1 all the way to Jesus. And she said unto the men, watch this. I know that the Lord hath given you the land. Now we're talking about, remember, I will be exalted among the heathen. Be still and know that I'm God, and I will be exalted among the heathen. Sit still, shut up, and let me do the work, and I will be glorified among those people that don't know me. Rahab says, I know that God has given you the land, and that your terror is, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that, watch, all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you they didn't do anything yet they just showed up Rahab all the Canaanite kings pulled Israel up on Google reviews and saw five stars look what God did look what God did look what God did look what God did and they fainted because of them before they even did anything Israel is coming into that land and Rahab's like everybody's scared of you and they didn't do anything yet Verse 10, for we have heard 
how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and came up out of Egypt. So you notice in those two chapters, one mentions Jordan and one mentions the Red Sea. This is the, on the front page headline news. But they all heard of God literally moving nature itself out of the way for his people. I mean, think of that. They had to get somewhere. Literally, all they had to do was just walk. And God pushed everything out of the way. So here they are walking. I'm not I'm going to try to stay out of here. Here they are walking into this land and everybody is getting out of the way. Fainted. Did I read that right? Make sure y'all see, you know, a study to show thyself approved unto God. It says in all verse uh, t uh, nine and all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. I give up. They had heard what God has done for them. In verse 10, it says, The Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt. And what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as they heard these things, our hearts did. Same passage. I mean, same words, same, different passage. Same words used. In a different passage, neither did they remain any more courage in any man. They were all fearful because of you. For the Lord your God, He is God in heaven above and in the earth beneath. Did you see that confession? Rahab the harlot literally says that we heard all the things that God has, your God has done for you. And therefore her confession is what? The Lord, your God, it is he that is God in both in heaven above and in earth beneath. The harlot, the heathen, the Amorites, the kings, fearful to confess and recognize their God is the true God. Because they stood still. I'm going to say this and I'm going to just say this in a way that Lord teach me not to be afraid to just speak the truth in love. I have to use myself as an example because I know my story better than y'all. I was a drug addict. In fact, yesterday family got together and we reminisced all the good times and this, the story of my addiction came into being and some stories I was very much ashamed of what I did. I could tell it was a stain on my past, seeing my parents, the way they reacted in this as we talked about some of those bad things. I knew in my life at that time that I was on the road to hell. I had all the word. I was raised in church. I memorized scripture. I was born again before. I was filled with the spirit. I lived for God. But when I ran from God, I ran from heart. I'm telling you. A drug addict, a pornographer, going to strip clubs. I did everything that you could possibly think of that anyone should, never, should not have done. And I'm not proud of that. The lifestyle that I was living, I knew that if I died, I would go to hell. Anyone in their, that point in life 
who knows that and knows in their head, I have to change. Many people will just stop right there and check themselves into rehab. I'm cautious at my words to say this because I do believe that there is meat to chew, but we spit the bones. Because there is no greater redemption and deliverance than through the power of the Holy Spirit redeeming his heart. Amen. No greater power. There is not a rehab on this earth. You can add 12 more steps to your 12 and have 24 steps. It will not make it better. Come on, somebody. When I fell on my knees and I gave it to God, it was a one-time deal. And that was the most powerful. So I have to be, I, ha, I have to be more courageous as a pastor to push God over rehab. You see, rehab is man's attempt to dissolve itself, which they even do recognize, quote, a higher power. Unfortunately, no longer Jesus himself, which makes it worse because there's only one God, right? But we have to recognize that there's no greater prescription than Jesus. There's no greater resolute, come on, than Jesus, right? It's all Jesus. And that is, that is what, what, what I'm saying is that when I stood still, I fell on my knees and I called out to God. My, my prayer was this, and I, almost to quote, I have no job. I have no money. Just the clothes on my back, Lord. This was my prayer, all those things. And I said, I'm not asking you for any of that. I said, Lord, I just want you to be proud of me again. And that was the last thing I remember saying before I started bawling like a baby. I had free songs, chills. I felt God's arms hug me. I had my face down and I was weeping at three o'clock in the morning in the driveway, just under the stars and wept. Ugly cried, they would call it. Ugly cried. That was my deliverance. I was still and allowed God to move. I have to be super cautious, but I have to see what the word of God tells you. And I don't, I, I don't. Do y'all see what I'm trying to say? Because I'd love to just come out straight and say, forget rehab. Where are you? Get rid of your sin. Fall on your knees and cry out to him. He will receive you. He cannot despise a broken heart. Being still will give us the victory. But I find that the more we're busy and caught up in do, 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 it's almost like we're not trusting God. It's almost like we're actually worried in anything else that we lost the faith because we're moving in our own ability. And some of y'all might say, Pastor, hear me, I'm coming to close, but you don't need to hear this. Some of y'all might say, Pastor, I've done that. I know that. And God even spoke to me, but it's been months. Well, guess what, honey? You're still in the fight. Keep going. Some of y'all might come to that and be like, it's already been. Don't give up in the 11th hour. Keep praying. Keep calling out to God. You know there's nothing you can do. And you know that every time you put your hands in it, you've made things worse. Let God do it. So stillness is faith. Busyness is worry. Worrying. I'll tell you, my, my mother, God rest her soul, buried in the graveyard. She was a worry ward. And she would constantly 
call, hey, what's going on, da 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 involved, involved, involved. And mothers, I'm sure there's a nature, a bend to be that way because you're concerned. Mama hen takes care of her chicks. That's understandable. But one thing about my mom, I can tell you, I know that I kept up, but you worry too much. I, the faith is going out. The, the more you worry, the more faith leaves. It's fear. It hath torment, Scripture says. Amen. Thank you, Candace. Fear hath torment. But when we can sit still, and people are looking at me like, ain't you going to do something? Nope. Because I can't do it as good as God can. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Be still and know that I am God. And how will we know that? Because when we're still, God will move. And then when he moves, the devil will know about it. And he will be exalted among the heathen. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.